Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. AM The Zone. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. Well, just about the time that you got comfortable thinking that winter was over in Wisconsin. Bam! Look what we've got today. How are you, everybody? Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee. Glad to be along with you. If you're traveling around the state of Wisconsin, chances are you might encounter some wintry-like conditions, especially if you're in south-central, southeast, even southwest Wisconsin. We do have some winter advisories that are in effect for a good chunk of our listing area and even a flood warning for folks in Columbia County, specifically in Lodi. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, will be joining us with all the weather details. I can tell you that this week it is going to be a little bit cooler than what we came to enjoy last week. Today, our expected daytime highs are right around 35 degrees. The snow probably tapering off late to mid-morning. Tomorrow, sunshine and 42. Wednesday, some sunshine and 38. Thursday, some snow showers back in the forecast, 37. And then Friday, cloudy skies and right around 28 degrees. So like I said, compared to the temperatures we enjoyed last week, much cooler weather this week. We've got a new face for the Wisconsin FFA Foundation. Her name, Abigail Quinlan. We'll introduce you to her as we roll our way through a Monday. Time to try out this new dating app. Step one, describe yourself in three words or less. Okay. Netflix aficionado, Disney Plus pundit, HBO beauty. Do I not have any other hobbies? If you've fallen victim to doing nothing, here's your chance to become a citizen scientist. Invest just two minutes a day as a volunteer rainfall reporter for the National Weather Service. Visit cocorahs.org to learn how you can become a citizen scientist. Finding love online is not guaranteed. If you've ever raised high schoolers, you know that those kids are awfully hungry and food is on their mind. This is Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. Aaron had the opportunity to talk to somebody about this World Food Prize projects, and it's open to those teenagers. Definitely, Jill. You know, and I'm not a high schooler anymore, but food is on my mind a lot too. Aaron Zimmerman here from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I had the chance to talk with Lauren Christensen. She's one of the coordinators of the World Food Prize Wisconsin Youth Institute. And they're they're looking at food, but in a little different way. Looking at global food insecurity is their topic. Students get a chance to write a paper, submit it, and start to be involved in the Wisconsin Youth Institute to start this conversation about global food insecurity. Then they get a chance to move on to the Global Institute that's held in Iowa with the World Food Prize. She tells me a little bit about how students can get involved in the activity and how things will go here this spring. Definitely. Thank you. Um, So this year is the 8th Annual Wisconsin Youth Institute. It will be hosted by the University of Wisconsin-Madison, our College of Agricultural and Life Sciences, and the World Food Prize. And we're inviting high school students around Wisconsin, grades 9 through 12, um, to join this virtual event. Students will be able to engage with other students, local leaders, and experts on critical global challenges that they're interested in, 
participate in immersive sessions and explore ways to make a difference in Wisconsin and around the world. Definitely. And now you told me you were telling me a little bit about the students can actually submit a research project and they they research kind of what's going on as far as world food insecurity and put together a paper and project and submit it to compete in this event. Yes, yes. So to participate, um, you do have to submit a paper. Students research a global issue and write a paper under the supervision of a teacher or a mentor or a coach. Um, there's specific guidelines on our website, but that paper and registration is due on March 25th. And topics can really range from animal health to water scarcity to sustainable agriculture to education. The list really goes on and on, and there's a list on the website as well. What's just really important is that the student chooses a topic that corresponds to the country that they're looking at, um, make sure they look at all the guidelines for, for the paper, and then once they get to the institute, um, they'll be able to present their research and their ideas um, to students and experts around them. For sure. Now, let's talk, I guess, a little bit about the importance of this event. You know, looking at those world food insecurity problems, you know, it's definitely a problem that's out there, and some, not as many people know information about it as probably should. But doing this can give these students a chance to learn a little bit more and get involved with that topic. Definitely, definitely. I mean, um, you'll see in publications for this event, um, one-third of all food on the planet is wasted. One out of three schools do not have safe water and sanitation. Um, by 2050, there will be at least 9 billion people on the planet to feed. So it's a really a really big topic and important for, for students to be able to gain these skills and really researching and proposing ideas since they, since they are our next leaders. Now, we talked a little bit about the paper that students can submit and, you know, kind of do their research and that kind of thing. But now when it comes to the actual event for the Youth Institute, what goes on with the event? I guess what are the plans there and the agenda and uh, what can students look forward to? Yeah, so we're, we're still working on um, getting all the details flushed out, but it will be a virtual event. So students will be able to log on. It will be um, from about 9 to 11.30, and then we'll have an afternoon portion as well from about 1 to 3.30, but we'll give specific details as you register. But when you log on to the Institute, um, you'll be able to meet with a lot of different people. We'll have roundtable discussions where students in groups um, with other experts will be able to present their research topic and their solutions and get to ask questions of one another and really share everything that they learned. And then we'll also have sessions with faculty and other experts for students to kind of learn more about areas that they're interested in. Um, but what's really cool is top students from every youth institute, including the Wisconsin Youth Institute, if they are selected, they get to participate in a three-day global youth institute by the world, hosted by the World Food Prize. And selected students and their teachers and mentors traveled to Des Moines, Iowa, when it is in person in, in mid-October. And there you get to present your research again, talk with students from all around the world, um, interact with the Nobel and World Food Prize laureates, and discuss pressing food security and agriculture issues with international experts. Um, so that's a really, a really cool perk as well. And then students also get opportunities to participate in internships once they are declared a Borlaug Scholar, once they finish, once they finish this youth institute. Sure. Sounds like an awesome opportunity. Now, 
you know, you said obviously this is not the first year you've done it. This will be the eighth annual Wisconsin Youth Institute. Talk a little bit about, I guess, what you've heard from students that have participated in the past and really, I guess, maybe how it's made an impact on them or what they've learned and kind of where they've gone in, you know, if they've continued kind of to work towards the research and things that they've they've done for the Wisconsin Youth Institute. Yes. So this is actually um, my first year being involved with the event and planning this event. So I'm really excited to um, be able to see this firsthand. But what I've heard from previous years, students really just love gaining the skills that comes from this Youth Institute. So not only um, practicing researching a topic, but then presenting it to a group and being able to answer questions. Um, and think critically as well when you're listening to other students and their projects. But then on the other hand, just being able to connect with so many great other leaders in Wisconsin um, and really be able to learn more as you you may be thinking about um, what you want to do after high school, things that you're passionate about. Um, So that's one thing. And then there are students who get involved in these internships, either in high school or in college. And um, what I've heard is the World Food Prize is a really great community, and they continue to try to have as many opportunities for for these students or these Borlaug scholars that participate in these youth institutes to just give them as many opportunities as possible to really really gain those skills and connections as they move forward with what they want to do. Now, as you said before, obviously, to be able to participate in this event, you have to submit that paper. Now, let's yep. take, dig in a little bit a little more to that project and that paper, I guess, what the students have to do as far as research, kind of some of the requirements of what's going to, you know, make their participation in this event most, I guess, uh, most useful. Yes. So what's really great is on the website, there is a guide for seven simple steps to write your paper. So what we encourage students to do, um, start early, you choose a country and then dive into that country looking at researching a typical family, selecting a topic, analyzing that topic and its impact on food security. And then um, really the the big portion of it is exploring and proposing solutions for this topic. Then you go ahead and write your paper. It's important that you work with a teacher or a mentor, and that will get you to register for the institute. But it's a really great guide that I encourage students, teachers, mentors to look at. It lists all of the topics that you can choose from. Um, and helps you really navigate that paper as you go through. Let's remind people, again, if they're interested in participating, these students are interested in doing the paper or getting involved, where can they go to find all this information, the paper tips, and anything they need to know about participating in the Youth Institute? Yes, so www.worldfoodprize.org Wisconsin will be your main hub of information. Any updates will be there. Um, this guide to help you with the paper, as well as registration details, everything is on that website. Um, otherwise, students can always contact me as well. Um, my email is laurin.christianson at wisc.edu. Perfect. Now, anything else that you'd like to add about the upcoming event and uh, you know, why you encourage students to get involved? Yes, we're really excited for it to hopefully get a lot of a lot of students to be able to participate in this event. Um, I think there's, like we talked about earlier, so many critical global issues that really the skills and information that students will learn can be applied to so many different levels, local, state, national, and international. 
it's a really great opportunity for students. And at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, we talk about the Wisconsin idea a lot, which is what students learn in the classroom. They really take out to the real world and affect the communities around them, not only in Wisconsin, but in, around the country and around the world. So that's something that we really want to show high school students when they participate in this event is what that Wisconsin idea is all about and hopefully give them a lot of motivation to continue to work on um, things that they're interested in and as they go to be our next leaders. We'll get here with Lauren Christensen. She's involved in coordinating and putting on the Wisconsin Youth Institute for the World Food Prize. Again, students can get involved by doing some research, submitting a paper, and then getting a chance to interact with other leaders that look at world food insecurity and how to face those problems. Again, that event is going to come up on April 11th, and those papers are due on March 25th. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Some spaces become a catch-all for everything you want to keep in storage. Make use of that wasted space now. What about the basement? Rec rooms, an office, extra bedrooms for growing teenagers are all popular uses for an upgraded basement. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company specializing in kitchens, baths, and basements. Let's get the conversation started with a complimentary estimate, consultation, and suggestions. ActuateLLC.com. Design. Create. Actuate. Attorney John Rihala with Clifford and Rihala. At Clifford and Rihala, we have the experience you need to help you after any kind of collision. We help people who have been seriously injured, ranging from pedestrians hit crossing the street, people rear-ended by semi-trucks, to victims of drunk driver crashes. No matter how you've been injured, our experienced and skilled attorneys will help you get your maximum recovery. And very importantly, we also know how to protect that recovery. At Clifford and Rihala, we understand that many issues can come up after a settlement is reached. If those issues aren't handled carefully, an injury victim can lose money. Don't let that happen to you. Call Clifford and Rihala. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. I've had the opportunity to be involved in several programs in the Wisconsin Farm Bureau, one of which was the Farm Bureau Institute. It's a great leadership program to help develop leadership skills, whether it's social media skills or the opportunity to speak to legislators and learn different ways and tools you can use to help get your message across. WFBF.com. They've really helped my leadership develop. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. If your workout includes baling hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, and your workout this morning may include getting personal with a shovel. I don't know about snowblower, but uh, you get my drift. Uh, again, no pun intended. Time to check in with our computer financial ag weather updates. Tumak, our ag meteorologist, joining us this morning. You know, one thing about this little storm that came through, though, buddy, uh, not everybody in Wisconsin is experiencing the same Monday morning up in the Green Bay area. I just looked at my cameras and there's no snow up there here in Madison. It looks like uh, November all over again. 
Right, and Eau Claire's in the same boat with no snow. Everybody else having a little light snow around. It's been adding up to great measure this morning, an inch or so, I'd say, on my deck, at least gauging by the dog prints. We have to talk about the fact that a winter weather advisory is in effect until noon, and that encompasses everybody except except Mauston, La Crosse, and Eau Claire, the Fox Valley, the southwest Wisconsin, and then to the southeast under that winter weather advisory till noon. Low pressures off to our south, just heading into Indiana, and the circulation around that low is providing that snow. Oshkosh and Appleton, all the way on through central and then the southwest Wisconsin, and it will continue for a time this morning, like I say, an inch or two, maybe an additional inch almost anywhere. Southeast Wisconsin may see a little more out of this before it's all said and done today. But then this pulls away. A new this high pressure starts to settle in. Oh, that wonderful warm day we had Saturday, even though it featured a lot of rain. I expect some of that mild air tries to return at least for Tuesday, but will cool gradually as we head toward Wednesday Thursday. And in fact, on toward late Wednesday, another cool front begins to swing through the area. And that may account for a little light snow again on toward Thursday, maybe lingering on into the day Friday. The end of the week could mean just a little new precipitation. Moisture I know will be able to put to good use when we get to the growing season. Well, it may not be popular for traveling and outdoor working and the like, but the precipitation, the moisture, is definitely something we can use, especially in oh, about the southern half of the state. So we'll take it no matter how it comes. We just need to be extra cautious around today. The good news is Pam mentioned drifting. We don't have a lot of wind, so not a lot of drifting, at least at this point today. I'll have forecast details right after this. Focus on your farm in 2022 with Focus on Energy. Focus on Energy can help identify energy efficiency upgrades on your farm, helping you save money on your utility bills for years to come. Get started today by contacting your energy advisor. Call 888-623-2146 or visit focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness. Focus on Energy, helping farmers save since 2001. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual Insurance recently issued a special dividend to support their auto, home, farm, and business customers to help keep Wisconsin strong. This dividend will pay out over $5 million back to their policyholders. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. All righty, Stu, let's have some more details. When is this stuff going to be disappearing? Well, that should happen uh, by tomorrow, I'd expect. We have the winter weather advisory in effect until noon again for the southeast part of Wisconsin. Cloudy skies, snow in the southeast this morning should begin tapering off and ending from northwest to southeast through the day. Another inch may accumulate, or two if you will, even into far eastern Wisconsin, so more snow falling further east and southeast. With those cloudy skies, they may even clear a little bit. It'll clear yet later today, and I'd expect temps only in lower, call it mid-30s at best, 34, with the northwest winds 5 to 15. Clearing out through the nighttime, we do cool off a bit. Down in the low teens, northwest winds at 5 to 10. Mostly sunny on Tuesday, very upper 30s. Could be a few low 40s in the south. Southwest winds 5 to 15. There's your snow melt. And by Wednesday, mostly sunny, still mid-30s with the northwest winds at 5 to 10. We may have that snow redevelop, Pam, as we head toward early Thursday. Well, that's the way it goes. March on again, off again with this kind of weather, isn't it? 
Yeah, that's it. Let's just build up that moisture. We'll take it as it comes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, Stu, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Appreciate it. Stu Mocker, Ag Meteorologist, with your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Compure Financial, your financial partner committed to agriculture in rural America. Find out more. Visit Compure.com. Uh, yeah, this weather is definitely changing up a lot of our outdoor conditions. If you're somebody that still wants to get in some ice fishing, be careful. I'm talking about it with Jake Holzclaw, one of our DNR wardens up in Jackson County. He's just one of our guests on a Monday. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Cardinal Glass in Mazomani continues to invest in automation at their facility to the world-class level they feel their employees deserve. Cardinal Glass in Mazomani is now hiring production associates and maintenance. A safe, comfortable, and clean work environment where you can feel proud and you won't go home dirty. Competitive pay, advancement opportunities, medical, dental, vision, profit sharing, and more. When you work at Cardinal Glass, your career is world-class so you can live first class. Apply today at cardinalglassmazo.com. Hi, this is Dave Gary with the Princeton Clubs. Since 1987, my team and I have had a couple of goals. Make it really simple for everyone to get started with fitness and keep our world-class facilities available at affordable rates. Well, we've done just that. And over 35 years, I've learned one really important thing. It all starts with you. If you'll decide now is the time to get in shape, we'll help you get there. I promise. At the Princeton Clubs, there's no joining fee. We keep our clubs open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and include free childcare. Our world-class facilities offer almost everything possible and are meticulously cleaned and maintained. We provide an amazing environment to help motivate you, and more importantly, it allows you to feel comfortable while you're improving your health. Now, more than ever, taking care of our bodies, both physically and mentally, it's so important. Come see why we've been voted Madison's best and favorite health club year after year, the Princeton Club, for a better tomorrow. To activate a free trial pass, go to PrincetonClub.net. These days, vehicles are powered by many different sources. Tom's Auto Center repairs them all. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. Gas, electric, diesel, and hybrids. Plus, we offer free pickup and delivery within a 10-mile radius. And a loaner car if you need one. Tom'sAutoCenter.com. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. If you've been injured in a bad crash, you might think the facts are so clear that you don't need an attorney. Big mistake. Insurance companies have many arguments to reduce settlements, no matter how clear the claim may seem. I'm John Rihala. At Clifford & Rihala, we have the experience you need to take on those arguments and win. Recent example, a young woman was driving when an oncoming car crossed the center line and crashed into her head-on. She was severely injured and paralyzed and needed experienced lawyers. Though her case seemed clear, the insurance companies still came up with lots of reasons why they didn't want to pay. We fought for her and made sure she and her family received the full compensation they deserved. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys, fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. 
Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control and priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping, because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. You no longer have to hide your hands. Your hands have been taking care of everyone else. Isn't it time that you take care of your hands? A Skincare Minute with skincare expert, Michelle Neeson. Did you know there are several aesthetic treatments that help your hands look brighter, healthier, and more youthful? Treatments such as broadband light and chemical or laser peels help with tone, texture, and getting rid of those stubborn age spots. Skin-type procedures can smooth out wrinkles and fine lines, as well as add new collagen. Dermal filler, like Restylane Lift, is used to improve the volume in the back of the hands. The results are noticed immediately, giving you a fuller, more hydrated appearance. Most treatments can last over a year and are more affordable than you might think. Now you can show off your hands with confidence. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Brian Gutekunst on the podium earlier in the NFL Combine uh, this week saying that they had received no phone calls for Aaron Rodgers. None. Zip. Zilch. Well, Rowdy, explain to the, the tweet you sent me yesterday. Yeah, so what I sent to you, and I believe RJ was in on that one, it was basically that there were sources coming from Denver that there was that there was a trade or at least potentially interest in trading for Aaron Rodgers, which I think everyone knew was a thing, right? Yes. Just because look at what they did. They hired Nathaniel Hackett. They hired some guys that had relationships with Rodgers in the past. Yeah, they some guy hired, like watched his jock in college. Yeah, they hired um, former, former college, college teammates and people that had uh, somewhat standing with Aaron Rodgers and we had already heard from Mark Schlereth and other insiders that they were interested since last year during the draft. And why wouldn't you be? It's the MVP. And <laughs> your quarterback was Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I would definitely want Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So with that, Rowdy, what's the tweet you sent? Basically, the proposed trade oh, or man. value for Aaron Rodgers was three to four first round picks. <laughs> and Devontae Adams was a first rounder. Three to four first round picks for Aaron Rodgers. Same goes for Price and Devontae, one first-round pick, and the Broncos are, quote, not willing to pay the price. Yeah, they weren't They weren't willing to do it, which I understand for those two guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, think about it. If they together want about $80 million, yeah. and the and the, the cap is going to be, like, what, 210 to 215 that's a huge chunk of your salary cap, plus you'd have to give up four to five first-round picks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good luck fielding the team around them. Yeah, what is this? The LA Rams? Like you might be, <laughs> you might be pretty good for like that one year where you had Adams and, and Rogers, and you were still able to afford some of the other pieces on your team. 
But after the first year, it's going to just get harder and harder to keep that roster. And it's not like, in my opinion, Denver is a 100% Super Bowl roster. Yeah. I think it's a it's a decent roster. It's it's not a top roster in my mind. Yeah. Um. So, but I did see earlier this week that Nathaniel Hackett was saying, or the Broncos reports that they're going to be very aggressive in their pursuit for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but everyone, as Ted DiBiase said, everyone has a price, but sometimes people don't want to pony up that price. Three to four first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers, and the same goes for Devontae Adams' one first-round pick. Okay, say that that actually was the the offer on the table. You get four first-rounders for Rodgers and one for Devontae Adams. Would you do it? And they were both going to be shipped to Denver. Would you do it? God, that's, that's five, five first-round first picks. picks. Now I would have to imagine. Cool. I, I don't. I don't know next. Denver's draft picks off the top of my head, but I would doubt that they have double first rounders in, in any draft. So yeah. it'd be five straight years of their first round pick. Yeah, you'd have to imagine that with their current roster, Rodgers and Devontae Adams, that that team would be much better than what they had been. For sure. So those picks would, would probably be lower. be lower in the draft, probably at least in the twenties or lower. Mm-hmm. Which the Packers are always picking anyways in the first round. But with the team that they're currently putting out there, if Jordan Love isn't much, that might be a higher pick. Mm-hmm. But yes, it most likely if the division stayed the same for the next year or two for the Packers and Love was still even able to win the division, it's going to be two picks in the 20s or later. God, yeah. what a conundrum. Uh, I still think you run it back with Aaron Rodgers. Well, I mean, that's what's going to happen. I mean, there are other reports came out yesterday that sources say Rodgers most likely back with the Packers. Well, it, no, duh. Even if you <laughs> even if you do land those five picks on a from a really good GM that hits, he'll get three good players out of them. Yeah. Well, you just traded away two of them, and they're two of the best guys at their position. Yeah. So the question is, uh, you'll never actually get back your true value no. for Aaron Rodgers. You might get back true value for Devontae Adams because it's a lot easier to go find a receiver that can be an All Pro than it is to find a I don't know generational quarterback. Totally. You might, Everyone's looking yeah, for a generational you, you quarterback. You might be able to get your value back on Devontae. Huh. I don't think you ever get your value back on Aaron Rodgers unless one There's of no those way. four picks turns into a next top 10 quarterback. Everyone's always looking for that generational quarterback, and they more times than not come up snake eyes. Like, isn't that what the search Let, is always let's for? Let's be honest. Has a lot of... There's 32 NFL franchises. Mm-hmm. How many of those franchises in general have had generational quarterbacks? Well, look at the ones that have the most opportunity in the Browns and the Lions. I mean, I guess the could you say the Lions had Stafford, but the, everything else around them stunk? I don't even want to say genera- yeah. uh, generational might be a little much, much. How about just top five quarterback in the league? If Mary had a little lamb, you can bet she'd talk to her about it. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Hey, speaking of lambs, if you haven't checked out our Facebook page lately, you ought to see the pictures. Stephanie Hoff made a trip up to the Arlington Ag Research Facility and uh, the sheep program where it's baby time on the farm. And uh, Todd and the crew were kind enough to show her around a lot of students that are engaged in taking care of those babies. Stephanie Hoff's got the pictures up at Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. So a wintry look to our forecast for a good chunk of this week. Today, snow will continue until about mid-morning. 35 are expected high. Could reach 5 inches or more as far as total accumulation. Tomorrow's sunshine and 42. Wednesday, partly sunny and 38. Thursday, some more snow on the forecast, 37. And Friday, a chilly day under cloudy skies, 28 degrees. And now you know 
Well, so today is the 7th day of March. On this day in 1926, the first two-way transatlantic telephone happens. It was a conversation between the post office in London and Bell Laboratories in New York. That established using a shortwave radio signal to communicate on this day back in 1926. On this day in 1965, police brutally attacked civil rights marchers in Selma, Alabama. All kinds of demonstrators that were injured. The day became a part of history as Bloody Sunday. That's on this day back in 1965. Happy birthday to actress-comedian Wanda Sykes. She's 58. And Breaking Bad's Brian Cranston, he's 66 years of age. And now you know. Well, we know there's a smiling new face at the helm of the Wisconsin FFA Foundation. She started last week. Her name, Abigail Quinlan. And our own Aaron Zimmerman caught up with her. Well, we're happy to announce new leadership for the Wisconsin FFA Foundation, someone willing to step up and help raise money and support the Wisconsin FFA members all across the state. Abby Quinlan is the new executive director for the Wisconsin FFA Foundation. Now, Abby, first of all, I guess start out by telling us a little bit about yourself, uh, your involvement in FFA, and I guess why that's really pushed you to kind of get back involved in this way to help give back to FFA members. Yeah, so like Aaron said, I'm Abby Quinlan. I grew up on a small farm in southern Wisconsin. FFA has always been incredibly important, especially within our family. Um, and I grew up in the Delavan-Darien School District, so I had an awesome FFA advisor. I actually had a few throughout high school, um, some that were coming and going, and it was really nice to be able to work with them. And throughout FFA, I was able to really hone my leadership. I always had a position within FFA leadership in my local chapter. I took the opportunities to do speaking contests and judging and really was able to hone in on leadership through the activities. During our last board meeting, I actually talked about my experience with WLC, which I'm so grateful has come back this year. So yeah, I grew up with FFA as a part of who I am. And as I went into college, I decided I wanted to be a nonprofit manager or nonprofit to give back. And it turns out that I really love giving back and I love fundraising and marketing for nonprofits. So when the executive director position became available, it really fulfills my passion for agriculture and it hits the skill sets that I have throughout my career. So it's just that perfect merriment of both things. Definitely. Now, let's talk a little bit, I guess, for people who don't know as much about the Wisconsin FFA Foundation. Obviously, lots of people have heard of what FFA does, what opportunities it gives for students. But let's, I guess, touch on, you know, what kind of things the foundation does to be able to allow these things to happen for students and really make sure these opportunities can really come to fruition. Right. And you said it perfectly. Everybody knows the Wisconsin FFA, but they don't always know all of the key pieces to FFA. So the Wisconsin Foundation was started in 1983, and we're a nonprofit organization that is designed to financially support the activities of the Wisconsin Association of FFA. And with our strong partnerships with individuals, business donors, sponsors, we're able to provide that consistent fiscal resource to the FFA members through the various programs, awards, and opportunities through grants for those students and our alumni. Let's let's talk a little bit about now that you've joined this role. You know, you, you said that 
you really have a passion for FFA, a passion for agriculture. Now, let's talk a little bit about, I guess, some of the goals that you have, you know, being now in this position, some, I guess, where you want to take the foundation or where you'd like to see things in the near future to continue to support FFA. That is a great question. Um, I'll be honest, this is my first week, so I'm still grasping where we are as an organization. But right off the bat, I have some really amazing board members who I know as I'm telling them my goals and my vision are going to be able to help me carry that out. And a couple of those goals are really getting us to that million-dollar mark. Wisconsin has a huge agricultural history, and we have that opportunity with our amazing partners whether it's business or individual, to raise our levels to that million dollars and help our students through that money for the grant programs and all of that. So that's one of my key visions is to really increase our fiscal ability for students to be able to do more within the state. You know, you talk about raising so much money, <laughs> the supporters that can give back to FFA members. You know, why is it so important, I guess, you know, for those supporters to give to FFA to help to build those leaders and, you know, what benefit is in it for them and where does their money go? Oh, that's a really broad question because we have so many amazing programs for the FFA students that money can go into basically any program area that a donor or sponsor is looking at. We have our STAR mission grants that go and help our students, our alumni, our chapters with really fun key programs that they kind of didn't have in their budget. So we're able to provide that opportunity. We have all of our really cool grant programs that start at the convention level. So as students are doing their SAEs and their proficiencies, we're able to provide them the financial resources to continue doing that. Um, At our board meeting yesterday, Carolyn, one of our operations managers at the foundation, told us a really sweet story about a student who emailed her, letting her know that the grant that he was re- he received through the Wisconsin FFA Foundation actually opened up a couple new doors where he was able to receive a larger grant from the national FFA and continue his SAE. And now there's publications about him. He's thriving with his proficiency in SAEs. And he's able to really run his agricultural business because he was supported at the state level and then encouraged to go on to the national level. So it's really stories like that that we're trying to get out there and trying to show students and our alumni that we're here to support them. Whatever they need, we want to make sure that they have the opportunity to take advantage and really thrive within Wisconsin agriculture. For sure. When, and stories like that, you know, are really, I guess, driving to want to continue support to support FFA, give students those opportunities and, you know, let them grow and become better leaders. I guess, is there anything else that you'd like to add, you know, that you're looking forward to in your experience, things that, you know, you want to make happen or I guess anything else that you'd like to add? I think the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is meeting more people in the agricultural industry, whether that's students or it's new donors or just industry leaders, understanding where we can go as a team in agriculture and how we can carry FFA to the next level within the state. Awesome to hear. Well, again, that's Abby Quinlan. She is the new executive director for the Wisconsin FFA Foundation, working to help raise money, help support Wisconsin FFA members around the state, and give them opportunities that will help them develop their knowledge and leadership for the agriculture industry. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. 
Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe this spring with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at HeadsUpST.com. You text your kids how much snow you got. You tell your co-workers what you saw in your rain gauge. You even shared your rainfall in great detail to the cashier. So why don't you tell the National Weather Service? Weather observers help the National Weather Service create more accurate weather reports for your area. All you have to do is visit cocorahs.org to sign up and attend a quick online training. Then you're ready to report the weather from your own backyard. Tell the world your rainfall report at cocorahs.org. On a Monday morning, our Dow Jones Industrial Average is in the red ink. Right now, down more than 400 points. But our commodities are strong and active. A lot of attention being paid to the supply of wheat that normally comes out of Russia, the number one exporter, and the Ukraine, the number three exporter. This morning, May corn is up 20 cents at 774. December new crop up 19 at 649. Right now, May soybeans are up 34 cents at 1694. November new crop up 17 cents at 1467. Wheat is off the charts. May wheat's up 85 cents right now at 1294. July new crop up 78 cents at 1253. Friday in Chicago, barrel cheese was unchanged at 197. 40 pound block cheese up four and three quarter cents at 215. Double A butter down a penny and a half, 268 and a half. April milk's unchanged right now at 2368 100 weight. The May milk up eight, 2370 100 weights. Well, don't be deceived. Uh, while we've got snow out there, it's not going to be enough to really make our Wisconsin ice conditions any safer. The Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources reminding everybody that wants to enjoy time on the ice to be safe. I'll be talking about that with Jake Holsclaw from the Department of Natural Resources uh, office location in Jackson County. That's up next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You've collected a lifetime of jewelry. Some of it you'll never give up. Others, well, it can continue to be hidden away or you can repurpose it and bring it back to life with the help of William Thomas Custom Jewelry. The master designers at William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create that one-of-a-kind piece that's redesigned, updated, and uniquely you. Something you'll definitely want to show off the minute you put it on. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. Are you ready for the next generation of body sculpting? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Current body shaping devices have addressed unwanted stubborn fat and skin laxity. But what if we want more muscle strength and toning? MSculpt is our new body sculpting device at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie that uses high intensity electromagnetic contractions with a 30-minute treatment described as equivalent to 20,000 crunches. MSculpt is approved for abdomen, arms, thighs, and calves. And it's also the world's first non-invasive butt toning and lifting procedure. MSculpt is a safe, effective addition to any workout program. The possibilities are endless. 
View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. We are the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services. Our team blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier. We provide the advice and solutions you need. To learn more, stop by or visit settlerswi.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Sows, cows, plows. Heck, anything connected to farming's on the menu here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Don't forget, tomorrow morning we'll be catching up with our man John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. This uh, Russia-Ukraine situation really starting to make ripples now when it comes to food supply, specifically wheat. Stop and think about all the things that you consume in a day that are connected to wheat. Talking with John tomorrow morning right here. Well, as we wrap it up on a Monday morning, you know, despite the snow that's falling across a good chunk of the state of Wisconsin this morning, uh, the ice fishing season is quickly drawing to a close for you snowmobilers that have been out there crossing waterways on that ice. You better think twice now that we are into the month of March. That's the advice of Jake Holesclaw. He's one of our DNR wardens up in Jackson County monitoring the situation. And he said one thing about ice at this time of the year, it's deceptive. You think it's safe, but it's not. And he said now is the time when everybody needs to exercise more caution. Absolutely. And I think uh, anybody who's a diehard fisherman uh, knows that, you know, this time of the year where the ice is starting to get a little bit thinner and the temperatures are, are warming up, sometimes it can be some really good fishing. And so there's that temptation to get out there and, and, and you know, get your, get your, uh, your daily limit and, and have a blast on the ice. And we encourage people to do that, but we just want people to use some good common sense and some good judgment before they go out on the ice. Um, you know, just realize that, yeah, with these warmer temperatures, the ice can start thinning relatively quickly. Um, we want to remind people that no ice in the state is 100% safe. Um, it could be very thick and able to hold a vehicle in one spot. And then just, you know, a few feet away, it could be a couple inches thick. And uh, whether there's a current or spring or something like that, and um, especially folks that maybe are fishing on a, on a body of water that they're not super familiar with, um, they can kind of get caught off guard. So, um, you know, it might be good to talk to a veteran of that area or, or somebody who's really familiar with the waterway before they go out, you know, and even contacting a local warden. Um, before they go out to a lake or a river and just kind of running things by them might not be a bad idea. Is there uh, any specific guidelines or is it kind of community by community, Jake, when it comes to pulling ice shanties or anything like that as a guideline? Yeah, no. So the, the permanent ice shanties is we do actually have state, state law where um, consistent throughout the state, there's some different dates. Uh, probably the two, the two, basically Highway 64 divides uh the state into a north and south region um so north of highway 64 um they're you're, they want them removed by the first sunday following march 12th um and then uh anything south of 64 it's the first sunday following march 1st so for those of us that live south of 64 um this sunday coming up right now um next week is going to be the day where you're going to want to pull those permanent shanties 
Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that people can't use ice shacks still. They can still go out there and use them on a daily basis, but it's just leaving them unattended or overnight. That's when they got to remove them at that point. And, and, and yeah, and a big reason that we want those off this time of year is because traditionally, yeah, this is when the ice gets thinner and, and uh, we, for obvious reasons, we don't want people's shanties either stuck or frozen in or sinking into the lakes. Now, Jake, we say uh, ice being safe. What What's kind of that definition? What do people need to keep in mind when it comes to the thickness of the ice and their body weight being out there? Yeah, so, I mean, thickness is a very, yeah, it's a very, uh, it's kind of a gray area because obviously we need less thickness to hold one's just body weight, you know, if they're just walking out on the ice as opposed to a vehicle. A vehicle is going to be a significantly more thickness. but one of the things we don't like to give an exact thickness for, for those, um, there is some guidelines. I know the Minnesota DNR actually has kind of an ice thickness chart that, that folks can go to for their kind of recommended, recommended thicknesses. But um, with the Wisconsin DNR here, we don't like to give a specific thickness because we're just very cautious and very leery of doing that. We don't want folks to think, you know, that, oh, well, there's a foot of ice, so it's, it's right. perfectly safe. Right, right. Well, and in, yeah, in like, most situations, it probably would be to walk on it, but you just don't know what's going on underneath. Well, and to your point, there are different, there's different qualities in that ice, depending on when it was formed. Correct. Yeah. And, 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 you know, in, in some areas, you know, if, if the ice formed while it was snowing, that ice can be a little bit weaker and a little bit more patchy. Um, if we had really fast, cold temperatures, um, early in the year and there wasn't really much snowfall, um, then a lot of times the ice can be real clear and, and, and a lot stronger. But, um, you know, with the whole winter of folks driving their vehicles on the ice or, or walking around, there's going to be stress fractures and cracks formed throughout the winter. So it's just something we want people to be cautious of. That's Jake Holsclaw. He's a DNR warden out of Jackson County monitoring the ice situation across the state. Just over the weekend, the first of the deadlines that the DNR imposes on ice fishermen went into play, had to remove those ice shanties from basically any waterways that were south of Highway 64. Again, anybody that's got ice shanties out there, they're reminded if you're having a hard time getting them off, you can try to find help with local fishing clubs, vendors, or other anglers. And remember, no ice is ever 100% safe. We'll catch up tomorrow with our friend John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. In the meantime, follow us on Facebook, Fabulous Farm Babe, and or at MidwestFarmReport.com, where you can get signed up for our daily e-newsletters. Catch up with you tomorrow. If you're driving this morning, please exercise caution on our wintry 